so I got a word I believe will bless you. And um, let me start off my word by saying I brought something today. I brought a painting today. And Savannah had no idea I was going to do this. Right? I think we got the picture in the back too as well. Right, Ruel? We can throw it up. Amen. You can't put it on a big screen. I was giving me these sighting like it's old church. There we go. Amen. And uh, funny thing about this painting is the time of which she painted it and who it is of. Um, so in April, Savannah and Sister Sherry got COVID. And they were quarantined in the room. And I was outside the room, and I was the chef. I was the, the, the caretaker, everything possible, trying to make sure they were all right. And I had no idea what they were doing in the room. But I would hear from the room every morning, Jaira, you are enough. I didn't know y'all were going to sing that today, but that's what Sherry woke up to every day. And she was being content in every circumstance. Then when the quarantine was over, Savannah came out with the painting. And she said, it's her first oil painting. And she said, I didn't like it. And so she said, I gave it to mom. And mom took it and framed it and put it up in the house. And um, it was a picture of Joseph. She said, I drew what I think Joseph would look like. And that's the colors, and that's him at a young age when he was a dreamer. And it, first of all, there's a sermon right there because many people who go through COVID is not creating. <laughs> Instead of worrying about what COVID could do, she was creating and drawing. And it became a big deal to me, and every time I look at this painting, it has significance to me because of who Joseph was. Because Joseph went through a journey of a life. And at every moment of his life, he could have had the right, if anybody did, to give up on life. But he never did. And every time I pass by the painting, because my wife framed it and she put it up in the house, and I see it, there's a, a reminder that comes to me that, like Joseph, I'm not forgotten. That my life is not over with because of a moment. And where I am does not determine where I'm going. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. And for me, I, this week as I was preparing this message, I reflected on the whole pandemic. There's so many things that, you know, whenever something happens... The thing happens, you deal with it then, but then there's trauma from what happens that comes after. This season is not easy for anybody's life. Come on, somebody. And for pastors, too, it wasn't easy. There were times at the beginning, lost a lot of friends, lost a family member, crying up to heaven and just feeling like, God, why aren't you hearing my prayers? I remember specifically... My cousin who went in and was on a ventilator, I had another brother, same age, on a ventilator. We prayed for both. The other brother came off and my cousin died. What do you do when you feel like heaven didn't hear me? 
I'm the only one. I've learned that sometimes I don't have the answers and life through the journey can make you feel like you've been abandoned. And so today, the title of my message is very simple. And I want to pull it from the life of Joseph today. And I want to speak to you today on the subject, not forgotten. Because we got a God who has not forgotten you today. And whatever you're going through today, I'm going to show you something from the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you would speak in this house like only you can. Come on, somebody. We came to hear and receive from you. And I ask that you would move among us like only you can. And Father, begin to speak and cause your people to know that they're loved. And cause your people to know that you have not forgotten them. And that their circumstances are not bigger than you. And Father, you will come through in every circumstance if we put you first. In Jesus' name, amen. In the book of Genesis chapter 39, I feel like preaching today. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Just make sure the AC is on for me because y'all cold, but I'm hot up here. Amen. I got a sweater and a jacket. I thought it was midwinter. Hallelujah. Genesis 39 verse 2 says this. The Lord was with Joseph. Oh, do I need to even go further? The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. So that he what? Prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. And when his master saw that the Lord was with him, that's twice, hallelujah, and that the Lord gave him success uh, in everything he did. I want to jump down to Genesis 39, 21. Look at what it says there later on. The Lord was with him. That's three times. Hallelujah. The Lord was with him. And you got to understand this man is sold into slavery and the Bible says the Lord is with him. You got to understand his brothers were the one who sold him into slavery. But the Bible says the Lord was with him. You got to understand that his brothers beat him up in the chapters before. But the Bible says the Lord is with him. You got to understand that he's about to be accused of something that he did not do. But even though his brothers turned his back on him betrayed but the lord is with him accused falsely but the lord was with him temptation but the lord was with him in a prison later on but the lord was with him what am i trying to say to you today that god being with you is not dependent on your circumstance if you look at your circumstance you will often think there's no way god is with me but the lord is with his people no matter what circumstance they face in life and look at what the Bible says in Genesis 39, 21. The Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Genesis 39, 23. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Joseph's life wasn't easy. Joseph got up one day and told everybody, I got a dream. And I dreamed that one day God is going to allow me to rule. And I even saw you as my brothers come into a place where you bow down. Well, nobody want to hear they got to bow to anybody. 
the brothers got so jealous and they were already jealous because the Bible says that his father made him a coat of many colors. This must have been an incredible coat for the brothers to look and say, well, I ain't got no coat. This can't be no normal jacket. And the Bible says it's a coat of many colors and people, his own brothers begun to be jealous of him. Sometimes in life, hallelujah, you can't apologize if God is blessing you. And you got to understand that when God is doing stuff in your life, it comes with the territory. And, and as a result, his brothers beat him. They beat him so bad that it was only one of his brothers that got up and said, if we beat him like this, he's going to die. I don't know about you. It's one thing for people that you don't know to hurt you. It's another thing for the people that you are in close relation to to hurt you. It hurt different. Hallelujah. I could care less what the person in Walmart say about me. I don't know you. It's when people that you're close to hurt you. And you got to understand that. And so his own brothers betrayed him, threw him in a pit, and then decided they were going to sell him into slavery. Hallelujah. And when he was sold into slavery, the Bible keeps saying this about Joseph's life, that the Lord is with him. The and I'm telling you this, the one thing you need in this life is to know that God is with you. And the Bible says the Lord was with him. And he had uh, 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 moved into Potiphar's house. And Potiphar saw that the Lord was with him and gave him charge of everything in the house. And Miss Potiphar, uh, uh, she had issues. She was the first desperate housewife of Genesis. She was a hip-hop house of Genesis or whatever the shows are that you Christians don't watch. Hallelujah. And her husband is successful and wealthy and she's got everything that she needs in life. But she apparently was missing something. And she said, Joey. Come here, Joey. And you know, it's Egypt. Egypt hot. Joey ain't had a shirt on all the time when he was working. All right, come back, Pastor. She saw the sweat. Hallelujah. Amen. Stay focused. She saw what she saw, and she said, Joey, come over here. And she accused him. Even in temptation, the Lord was with him. And not only that, but you see that Joseph was with the Lord. Because by this time, Joseph, if anybody had a right to say, you know what? I feel like God abandoned me. I'm going to do me. He never did that. The Bible says Joseph looked at Miss Potiphar and did what I don't know any other human being. has. I've never read this about anybody else other than Joseph. He looked at the lady and when the lady said, come here, Joseph, he ran. He ran. Because to honor God was more to him than uh, 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 the pleasures of this world. He knew that there was a pleasure in God that the world can't give. And this is what we miss. Oftentimes we miss that point because we joke about it a lot. And we just look at the, the situation and we say, well, the lust and all of this could have occurred. There. But the reality is there's another aspect to Christianity that when you find Jesus, it's like finding true treasure. And you don't want nothing to touch that. So there was no even thought of lusting or looking or anything. He knew that if I'm going to ever live the dream, God. God gave me, I got to run from certain things. Come on, somebody. If you want it bad enough, you can't, you can't let any and everything in your life. 
If you want God's will for your life, there are things you're going to have to run from. And he ran, he ran, he ran, he ran. And the woman said that he basically abused her. He was thrown into prison. And while in prison, people start getting dreams. And God starts giving him the revelation. Imagine he's got a prison ministry. God will give you a ministry wherever you go. Come on, somebody. Who want a prison ministry? Somebody clapped and said no right after. <laughs> it's good to visit. It ain't good to live there. But the difference is Joseph is not visiting to do prison ministry. He's ministering while in prison. There's a difference. Can you minister in your situation? I know it's easy when you're out to give somebody a word. But when you're in it, can you not look at your own circumstance and give somebody the gospel? Come on, come on, somebody. Who am I talking to today? And so he was doing ministry in the prison. One guy came. He said, you're going to die. Now, that was tough ministry. We don't got prophets like that nowadays. Now when you pay the prophet, you get a good prophecy. The money right. The prophecy tight. Hallelujah. Back then, that wasn't the case. Back then, the prophet told you the truth. You're going to die. Told another one, you're going to get exalted to back to your position. And when you get back there, don't forget a brother. But how many of you know that we forget a brother? <laughs> Come on, talk to me in here. How many of you forgot the person that helped you? You can't say it loud because they sit next to you. Amen. But we forget, and they forgot about him. And how many of you know that God will create situations to get you to where you got to go? And God created a situation and gave Pharaoh a dream that bothered him. And the only man in the land that could have the answer was a boy in prison. Ain't God amazing how he works in behind the scenes of your life? And you don't see it. But the thing that I notice about Joseph's life that every time I look at this painting, it reminds me of this. Number one. Difficulty does not mean abandoned. Because your life might be difficult now, it does not mean God has abandoned you. I'm going to say that again for somebody whose life is tough right now. Because your circumstance might be crazy right now for whatever reason, it doesn't mean that God has given up on you. You got a God that the Bible says, surely his goodness and mercy shall follow me some of the days quarter of the days on the days i'm good on the days that i'm worth it the bible says all the days you know who said that the man who said that was a murderer and he said his mercy shall follow me all the days of my life difficulty does not mean abandoned i i, I was my, my two little boys are into soccer 
I'm trying to get into it too as they play. You know, I'm better at, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what it is. I'm Steph Curry out here. <laughs> Lakers is like 0 and 12. <laughs> Man, God, when God is good, God is good. Knicks is winning. <laughs> Steph Curry, best play in the league. LeBron and him fighting on the sidelines. Life don't get better than this. Hallelujah. He going to be crying. I got a sermon for him mid-season. He a Nick fan. I got you. Your pain is coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. You <laughs> I don't see any palace moments in the Knicks future. <laughs> but my boys are into soccer, and I take them to practice every Saturday morning. And, and they work hard. They Siley's out in the field, and he's Bussing up all he, he was so good, they moved him up from kindergarten. They put him in first grade. Said, that's right. Show those an inch taller than you what you could do. And so Siley's there, and he's bussing moves and scoring goals. And Shy is with the, the, the kids that go all the way up to eighth grade, and he in fifth grade. So he's playing, and he's running around with the bigger kids, and he's working hard. And so... He's doing his thing the last couple of weeks, but yesterday was the first day in practice that the coach opened the field to what it feels like to play a big soccer game. I will never, ever, ever, ever play soccer because half the time you spend running with nothing but running. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anybody who's ever played soccer knows you touch the ball for like two seconds, but you run 16 miles. Just to touch that ball for that two seconds. And when he opened up the field, shy when the field was smaller and all the kids, they just run to where the ball is. They didn't have a concept that you got you to gotta pace yourself. Play in your spot and whoever has the ball, he tries to pass it to you. They just run, hey, who got the ball? <laughs> and you just see them all over the field running behind the guy with the ball. So when the field opened up, it's more he had to run. Shy ran down the field like three times, came back and just dropped. He was like, <gasps> now as a father, I wanted to step in, but I said, chill. The coach caught it and the coach said, you got to play your position. Stay where you are. Wait for the ball to come to you and block and do whatever, you know, whatever techniques they're telling him. And so it took him a while to understand that. Then finally he did, and he started getting into the rhythm. And when the ball came to him, he was. <laughs> I don't know how to make soccer look cool up here. I know there's guys that could do it, and they just be on the field. And <sighs> I'm river dancing right now. <laughs> and he's doing his thing, and he's getting the moves off, and he's connecting and doing everything. And then he fell on a particular move and hit himself. And I wanted to, as a father, I looked and I saw he was okay. But I, I know my son, and I know my son loves the drama. <laughs> I know Shy. If anybody's hung around Shy, Shy will hit his foot on his chair and be like, oh, oh, can you, can you give me five dollars? <laughs> It'll really make this foot better. I know my son. 
And he hit himself. It was hard. It was, it was, it was a hit. And the first thing in me was to get up to help him. The coach got over there, and the coach had already helped another kid before it fell. And the coach begun to do whatever he needs to do. And everything inside of me wanted to jump in and say, don't play anymore. But I, even though he had a difficult moment, I was right there. He wasn't abandoned. But I had to let him go through that. Because if you desire to play soccer, it's not just the trick moves and the goals and the glory. But there are going to be moments where you will get hit and it comes with the territory. And if I just show you the glory and, and I step in every time, you got to get a hit. I'm not helping you to understand soccer. And so Shai could have felt like the difficult moment, where are you, dad? But he got back up. He wiped his eyes. He looked at the coach. Whatever the coach said, he did. And I know he was looking in the corner's eyes because I know him. He's like, can you give me some attention? Can you, we going to get ice cream or something from this? And, I'm, I, and I tell Sherry, I said, look away, look away, look away, look away, look away. And let me tell you, sometimes I believe that's what heaven does to us. Because we look to heaven for pity party. But I believe that when you ask God to be in an arena, God not only has to show you the success of the arena, but he's got to let you feel the pain of it too. Because if you don't feel the pain of it, when you finally do, you will quit the first chance you get. And I want you to know that you can look at your difficulties as opportunities to quit. But you will never see success or see God's hand bringing you to where he plans for you to go if you give up in that moment. But if you get back up and understand that God is right there watching... Daddy is with him. If he needed medical emergency right away, his father would have been the first one in there telling everybody, step aside. This is my son. But because it wasn't that bad and because it was an emotional moment, I allowed him to go through it. What is true for me as a father is true for God. And God sits up in heaven and watch Joseph go through all of this. And watch him go. But never once did Joseph see his difficult moments as abandonment. Many Christians quit on God when it gets rough. Come on, somebody. People quit on God when it gets rough. Listen. If you had it your way, you would never experience God the way he wants you to experience him. If Peter had it his way he would navigate smooth waters all the time but he would never have known what it felt like to walk on water if you had it your way it would be cool all the time and you might think that's great but there's another level to god that you can experience and I bet you if you talk to Peter, Peter will say, I'll never trade the experience of what it felt like to walk on the thing that I've worked around and know how dangerous it is. Know how it could sink my boat. Know how I could die at any moment in this storm. But in the midst of it, when you showed up, I was above the storm. I don't know about you, but I don't want to learn how to navigate the storm. I want to learn how to walk on the storm. 
gosh, who am I talking to in this house? And so, 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 so if, 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 if you search anybody in the Bible, if Moses had it his way, he would have remained a shepherd in Midian. Moses then left that life. Moses had the perfect, you know how we all say I'm getting too old for this? Moses reached that point in his life. Moses raised an Egyptian, went through all he went through over there, fled, was hiding in the wilderness for all them years, found a, 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 a man by the name of Jethro who got a beautiful daughter. Daughter married him, gave him some sheep. He cooking curry sheep every day. And just all he do is take care and marry. Then God says, come. Moses could say, I'm getting too old for this. We good right here. If he had it his way. But if he had it his way, he would have been a shepherd of sheep and not a shepherd of a nation. Come on, somebody. God don't want to leave you where you are. You're thinking too small. You're thinking too small. God wants to bring you to his plans and his will, and they're bigger than the destination. It's actually what he teaches you in the journey that you can't trade, that when you get to the destination, it don't even matter where he puts you. It's the lessons you have learned that you know my redeemer lives, that you know if God be for me, who can be against me? You start to know what I am the head and not the tail means you start to be like Abraham lot pick wherever you want to live and whatever you don't pick when I live there it'll be blessed it wasn't blessed before I got there which brings me to my second point when God is with you whoever God is with becomes a blessing to whatever environment they're in you can't say God is with you but every environment you in got an attitude you go to work and your God is like the only place people don't want to come. You know, you that type of Christian, you go to work and you got your oil. I oil my desk so these demons don't come. And everything is a spirit. Your boss have a spirit because you came in late. <laughs> Take this before I drop this. You came in late and you walk in late and, and all of a sudden the boss is, why are you late? She have a spirit, Lord. Oh, ba 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 You the type of Christian that you never have a good word to say. You the biggest gossiper. You the one who the bearer of bad news. You never walk into the situation and say, man, this ain't what God wants. Let's, let's do what God, let's act how God would want. Let's love how God would want us to love. Let's speak the way God would want us to speak. Let's heal the way God would want us to heal. Let's, let's, let's live the way God would want us to live in your work environment, in your home environment, wherever you go. No, you're the type of Christian when people come around. A true believer's life is a blessing to wherever they are. A true believer blesses wherever they are. That when they walk into the environment, their presence alone changes the environment. This is why the Bible says this about him. That even in, when he was sold as a slave and he had no rights, the slave master said, you are in charge of everything in my house. Can God put you in charge of the job you're at with everything? Some of you don't even like the job. You think Joseph liked his job. 
You think Joseph woke up every day feeling like, this is awesome. I'm out here and I'm a slave in Egypt. But Moses, Joseph knew that no situation that you brought him was his final say. We sing a song all the time. Who has the final say? And so Joseph worked. He did what he had to do to the point where the man stepped back and said, run the whole thing. And because he was faithful over little, you know what Pharaoh said to Joseph? He said, the only reason you aren't Pharaoh is because, number one, you ain't the right nationality. And number two, I got to sit on that throne because I'm Pharaoh. But if I wasn't Pharaoh, practically the job is yours. And, and literally what he was saying is, I'm just the shell of a leader. You're really running this country. The Pharaoh moved aside and gave this boy. The, 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 the leverage to rule the nation for one reason. When he did what he did, he was a blessing to wherever he went. That people saw it on him. People, come on somebody. You gotta, if you want to be a blessing to where you are, elevation comes with that. When you are a blessing to whoever you work with, when you are a blessing to people around you, come on, somebody need to ask God, help me to be a blessing. Stop viewing your Christianity as God. Give me a blessing. Start asking God, make me the blessing. Oh gosh, too many believers are stuck at give me a blessing. God don't want to just give you a blessing. You are the blessing. Come on, somebody. God want to bless you. God don't want you to always waiting for somebody to give you a car. Those are great testimonies, but God is waiting for you to give somebody else a car. Somebody who broke right now should shout on that one. Because you're going to get to a level where I believe God is going to bless you for your faithfulness to the point where what you didn't have today, you're going to know what that felt like and you're going to give somebody else who don't have. Right now, you know what that feels like. Remember what that feels like when you don't have a house. Remember what that felt like when you couldn't pay a bill. And the next time God bless you that you could pay other bills, don't go and just buy yourself $800 shoes. Call somebody up and be a blessing to somebody else. The next time you go to buy a $1,000 purse, call and say what is this purse going to profit me if I go to the I'm not telling you not to get yourself nice things but you don't need a million nice things be a blessing to somebody else come on somebody with that said whoever got the money to buy the building come on stop playing with me where you at ask your neighbor is it you somebody got that stash somewhere stop playing with me be a blessing to somebody else. Be a blessing to somebody else. I'm getting ready to let you all go. There's a difference between the shadow and the substance. What is true prosperity? What is true prosperity? There was a king who lost a battle. And he lost this battle because he had his whole army and archers line up and got ready to fire at the other army. And when they fired and they let all the ammunition go, they realized that they had mistaken 
the shadow of the army. And they didn't realize it wasn't the real people. So what he saw in the distance was shadows and they aimed at the shadows and they shot and they missed. He lost the battle because he aimed at the shadow. Listen to this, y'all. Listen to this. How many of us make that similar mistake with the regard to prosperity? What do you mean, pastor? We oftentimes make the mistake that the shadow of prosperity is the actual substance of it. And we take aim at the wrong things, hoping that if we hit them, they'll prosper us. All our energies and all of our efforts are directed to something that will fall short of the mark. All of the money you chase in will fall short of the mark. They're shadows of prosperity. They're not the substance of it. Y'all with me? Outward distinctions and outward blessings considered in themselves are forms and shadows of prosperity. It doesn't consist, watch this, prosperity doesn't consist in what the world label as greatness. Amen? It doesn't consist of riches. Do you hear that? It doesn't consist of the grandeur of the plenty things we want and the ease of life. For even wicked people have those. Yeah. You see them on the news all the time. Some of the wickedest people doing things to kids. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Doing things, all type of heinous acts, but they got everything we chase that we think we need to be prosperous. And they're sitting in those seats with the things we want and we consider the shadows prosperity. Why am I telling you this today? I'm going to tell you in a minute. Listen to this. Listen. True prosperity is something very different. It is independent of the outward distinctions. You would never look at Joseph in a pit and say he's prosperous. But God looks at him in the pit and says you're prosperous. You would never look at Joseph being slaved on the, uh, sold on the auction block and say you're a prosperous. But God says you're prosperous. He had no outward distinction of prosperity. He had not the shadow, but he had the substance. Come on, somebody. Look, look, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. True prosperity is something different, independent of this. It can flourish without such things. Hallelujah, somebody. It can flourish and I will be content. It can flourish in every you sang it a minute ago, but when I'm telling you what it's like, you don't want to sing it no more. Because Jaira, lend me a dollar. 
That's what you sing. I don't got enough. Hook me up. I need some stuff. That's really what we're saying. But that's not the heart of the song. And I will be content in You got to let me preach. But that's not right. <laughs> in every circumstance. Whatever you feeling right now is a circumstance. Is God still God? And I will be content in every circumstance. And then the songwriter tells you why. Because Jireh is with me. Look at this. Look, look, look. Listen. It's independent of the outward distinctions. It can flourish without such things. And it makes us happy either with or without them. It consists in what Joseph had. The favor and the presence and the blessings of Almighty God. This is what makes us happy in every place and in every state. The presence of God. The presence of God. And I want you to know today that your circumstance wants to make you feel like you're forgotten. God, I'm in an apartment and I don't know how to get out of this. And God, I don't got what it takes to even move. Why aren't you hearing my praise? I need you to change that prayers. And I need you to start saying, God, I thank you for the apartment I'm in. And I give you praise that this won't always be where I am. That Jaira, I am content that I got a roof over my head. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. God, you see how many people are hurting me. And I'm bitter. And I'm tired. The more I think I'm doing good. Stop. Start breathing like a guy in his child. <laughs> when they get their licks. <laughs> you... I need you to stop and say, God, your word says, bless those that hurt me and do good to them that despitefully, oh God, help me to love the unlovable because I know there are days that if I were to really examine myself, I'm not lovable in your sight, but yet your love is there for me. It's so much there for me that I expect it. I don't even come to you and apologize anymore for sins I run up to you and just expect grace to always be there you love me so much help me to give the same grace and when you change your prayers and when you change your attitude the Lord is with such a person the Lord is listen this ain't easy I wrestle with this there are days that I want to tell a brother off there are days that my name should be tell a brother off hallelujah there are days that I don't want to counsel and give good advice there are days that I'm not pastor I'm pastor hallelujah I'm past hallelujah hallelujah there are 
<laughs> you get the barber rock. You with me. Hallelujah. It'd be a hot riot. Hey, man, it's a rap. Hallelujah. But y'all get what I'm saying. There's days you don't feel like living the word of God. But my blessings is not in my feelings. My blessings is not in my circumstance. My blessings is in my obedience. I don't care how much God told Noah to build an ark and he found favor. Let Noah say, God, I ain't building it. He would have drowned like the rest of them. Yes, you might have favor, but the favor requires Oh yeah, who am I talking to in this place? Who in here is still a Bible reader? Who in here is still a prayer warrior? Who in here is still God? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, for sure ain't none of y'all. Who am I talking to in this place? Who is still holding on to God? Who is still saying, you know what, Lord? I might not got it right right now. This message is hitting me different, God. But you know what? Obeying you is better than what I'm feeling. You're forever enough. And I want what you want for my life fix me rearrange me let me be in every circumstance but when they finish the chapters let it read the lord was with i walk into places to preach and people look at me because i'm me i don't know how to be anything else I tried being other people, it ain't work out. I wasn't a good them. But I'm a great me. And so sometimes I walk into places to preach and people are like, this young man is going to come and, you know, God uses anything. I'm like, bro, I look like a puppy or something. That's church mentality. You keep looking at situation to determine God. Little do half these people know my church is probably more progressive than half of them. Little do these people know the successes God has given me. I don't brag about it because you see when you brag about it, you think people is jealous of you. So I ain't never telling y'all, but God is good. But I've learned that it's nothing I own that makes me blessed. It's my obedience to him. And so wherever he sends me, I go, I humble myself, and I say, God, I just want your will done. Whatever you got to do in my life, I just want you in my life. And let me tell you, if the people of God got back to that, you would see this nation change. You would see our world change. If we got back for a hunger for God and his word, we can shift the culture. Because our God will be with us. And our God will elevate to where is a problem and they're going to have to say who's going to fix it and to show you you're not forgotten your name while you're in prison will be the name that comes to the pharaoh there's a man by the name of joseph and he is good at interpreting dreams go get him all that you've been through it's going to make sense don't try to make sense of it now just trust God and keep your character and integrity and when you are faithful over little I promise you God will make you a ruler over much 
Prosperity is not the outer distinctions. It's the presence of God on the inside of a man. You are not forgotten. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. These are your people. 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 God, we are broken. We are messed up. Some of us have sinned horribly. We confess all of that before you. God, some of us got serious addictions and issues. Some of us got all types of ailments. Some of us got anger management problems. Some of us got bad attitudes. Some of us got hatred in our heart. But nevertheless, we are still your children. We don't want to stay in these things. That's why we come to you. We don't come to you because you require perfection. We come to you because we realize we're broken. I'm broken today. I'm broken. Who else is broken? Who else is broken? Who else is broken? Come on. Who else don't got it right? Who else need forgiveness? Who else need? I don't got it right. I don't. I don't. I don't. My position sometimes lie to me and tell me because you're in such a position you got it right only to fail God over and over again and fail my fellow brothers and sisters over and over again and to realize that on my best day I still need his grace as much as I did on my worst and I need your grace today and I need your favor and I need your presence God I pray for this more than I pray for my next meal for my next blessing that I want my next car maybe my next apartment my next house whatever it is my next shirt my next job I pray for your presence more than that I wish I had somebody who would cry out right now and say I want touch me again God touch me again 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 come on who in here need a touch from God Come on, don't let your pride stop you. Don't let your pride get in the way. Come on, reach out to God. Touch me. Touch me again, God. Touch me. Renew it. Renew it. Let me fall in love with you again. God, I've drifted. I've drifted. I've drifted. I've drifted. The storms of life, the, 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 the roughness of life, the waves of life have pulled me away from you. But God, I'm coming back. Fill me again. Touch me again. Who in here want God to move in their life again? Come on, where you at? Where you at? I'm not in no rush. Come on, somebody lift your hands to heaven. Somebody begin to cry out to God. Somebody ask him to move like only he can in your life today. Come on, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to your name, oh God. Glory be to your name. Oh, God, you're good. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory be to your name. Glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh God, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Somebody's waiting on a breakthrough. I ain't rushing. I'm waiting for you to get your breakthrough. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Come on. Don't leave this place carrying whatever you came in with. You change that prayer right now. You change that attitude right now. Come on. Who am I talking to in this place? Hallelujah. Glory be to your name, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. tell you something. Come Savannah. Let me tell you something. I got the most amazing kids. Every father say that and you should. I love my son. I'm proud of him today. Wherever he is acting, doing whatever he's doing. I love my two little boys. Let me tell you, after COVID, she hasn't regained her smell properly and taste. Two of her senses have been gone. Since July 4th, I bought a chicken sandwich that she loved. She looked at me and said, I don't like this. It's horrible. And she started walking around the house and said, Dad, you got the garbage out? She looked at me and said, I said, what's going on with you? She said, everything smells bad. Then she started eating and said, everything tastes bad. Since July 4th to now, she has what is called parasmia. Parasmia. She hasn't regained her proper taste and smell. And I've begun to research online and I saw people going into depression. And people slipping in into all types of stuff because of it. Because she can only eat certain foods. And as a result of it, she's lost a lot of weight. Never one day has this child come over to my room and busted out saying I can't keep going. You something. You didn't paint this by an accident. And I've been praying, went out on the water. One day by myself, and I said, God, look, look, she comforted me. And if an earthly father feels like this, and she's been praying, worshiping, still living right, going to school, doing everything normal, painting, got a business up and running, making more money till I start asking her how much you make. You know it's serious because I'm watching it. St- I'm watching it (laughs) and just being blessed. Let me tell you something. It's not your circumstances, your attitude in it. And if God is for you, who can be against you, church? So you could sit there with a quiet, cute praise. But I know that even in the midst of my trial, Jaira is enough. Oh, I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna ask for your help anymore. But God, I just want to worship you in this house today. 
and say to you, be all glory because you've been good. You've been good. You've been good. You've been good. And oh, I got a whole lot of more problems and a lot of other things is threatening my life and my family. But Satan, you ain't never been a bigger liar than you have been now. God is enough. Hallelujah. And where I can't fight anymore, I step back and I say, God, you have fought every battle before and you have never failed. Jira, you are enough. Jira, come on, somebody. Jira, you are enough. When I don't know what else to do, when I don't know what tomorrow holds, I know who holds tomorrow. And if I'm going to brag about you, I might as well believe what I'm bragging about. My tomorrow is going to be better than today. If I felt good yesterday, tomorrow I'm going to feel even better. Because Jaira, you are enough. Hallelujah. 